Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Have you ever thought about doing a marathon? Did you want to know if running could be a sport that you could do? You know, a lot of us think that it's just a matter of putting on some shoes, getting outside, walking, and then breaking into a jog to see if that feels good and helps you to get your heart rate up and do some activity and exercise. But there is so much more to the idea of running, which truly is a sport like other sports. So today we're going to be talking with Mike Turner, and he is from Orthosport. And we're going to talk a little bit about what are some of the ways to know if you're running correctly, what are some of the things that most people do wrong, and could you run with good form throughout your whole life without damaging your knees or your hips or your other joints? Well, the answer is yes, and he has the secret to why. So thank you for joining me today on The Body Show. Thank you for having me. Now, Orthosport is a unique opportunity for folks here. This is not just your regular type of a gym. What's the difference? Well, Orthosport actually started as a physical therapy clinic, and that's our kind of our primary function in the community is to to rehab people who've been injured, athletes and and otherwise. Um, But we also operate a medical gym out of the physical therapy clinic where we deal with uh, folks that are trying to stay on the wellness side of things. Once they're done with their rehab, they can just continue on and work with personal trainers that have a bit of an edge and they're, they're they got a little more orthopedic savvy. They know more about joint injuries and that kind of a thing than your regular personal trainer. So it's more than an ordinary gym. It's and it's you know we run it like a fitness studio essentially. It's not like a twenty four hour fitness where you just walk in and work out. It's really programmed for you specifically with your issues in mind. So if you were to go ahead and say I want to do this medical gym evaluation, you wouldn't just go there and maybe jump on a few machines, do what it looks like those little diagrams that people are doing, and you know maybe be doing it right, maybe not. You'd actually have some personalized attention to make sure that what you're doing is correct for your body, for your <clears throat> settings, for your height and weight, et cetera. And they're going to analyze you from head to toe and really take into account not only your orthopedic issues and medical history, but also your personal goals. You know, whether you're trying to become a better athlete, become just lose some weight, uh, lower your risk of cardiac uh, incident or stroke, that kind of a thing. And we work with a lot of folks that have degenerative conditions or problems that are kind of ongoing um, where they might need a little more help to, to stay vigorous and active. You know, we have, for instance, a Boxing for Parkinson's program. And we have a Balance and Bones program for people who are working on uh, bone density and improving their balance. We also, on the more sporty side, have stuff where we will evaluate runners, for instance, which we're going to talk about today, I think. Um, You know, looking at the way that they run and breaking down their video uh, with slow motion video analysis of their running gait. Uh, So so that's part of your run fit assessment. That particular type of an assessment you said, first part would scare me, we're going to video you running and then break it down and show you what you're doing that's correct and maybe not correct. Okay, now you've scared me. So what are some of the common things that you might find on this assessment that people do incorrectly? Are there some standard things that folks, that a lot of us might do that we don't realize? Um, There are probably, I would say, 80% of the folks that we see that are doing, that, that don't have the optimally efficient running gait and are more prone to developing knee pain or other sorts of injuries in the lower half are doing what we call overstriding, 
and overstriding is, is the, the single most common running uh, mechanical inefficiency. And it has to do with how you place your foot at the moment you're landing on it and where you position it relative to your center of mass. So if you're reaching out too far ahead of yourself, you're basically putting on a brake, putting on the brakes. We call it a braking stride. And you inadvertently steal the momentum that you already had moving forward. And so if you can imagine any machine, uh, like a bicycle, let's say, rolling down the street, that's, that's pretty minimal as far as the amount of effort to maintain it rolling forward. Once you've got yourself moving, it, it has the momentum to it. It just kind of keeps, keeps rolling, right? But uh, if, you, and if you can make your, your stride function like a wheel, where you're basically keeping your feet under you and behind you, the, the whole time that you're running, then you're not stealing any of your momentum. You're going to have a much more efficient running gait. You're going to wear the machine of your body out much less quickly. Whereas if every step you take, you're jamming on the brakes for a moment, it costs you a lot more effort, costs your body a lot more wear and tear, and then you have to exert yourself to push yourself to start moving forward again. So it makes you, you know, pretty slow, pretty inefficient, and it tears your knees and, and hips and back up. So I have a silly analogy non-runner that I am, is it kind of like a stick shift in traffic versus an automatic? Stop and go, stop and go. I mean, yeah, it wears yeah. down the gears a lot more if you're constantly having that stop-go sort of momentum, whereas if you can just go and just keep on going, even if it's at a slow pace, that's actually more effective for you long-term. Absolutely. I mean, the, the example we give when we're actually explaining it to people and showing them in the run fit is that if you're landing correctly with your feet underneath you and you're not overstriding, it's like if you were pushing a big ball down the street. It's just going to roll, and you've got to give a little push to keep it going, but it's going to roll. And if you're overstriding, it's kind of like you had a great big chunky block, and you're going to pick that block up, and it's going to go boom and land real hard on the next edge. And then you've got to stop, pick up, and boom, it goes again. And just imagine rolling a big block down the road. That's going to be a lot more work and a lot more wear and tear. That's a better visual than mine, but okay. So this is a particular type of an assessment, and this is something you could do as part of an initial evaluation at Orthosport. If you said, I want to do some running, and I want to do it correctly and learn the right way to do it, you could do this run-fit assessment. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a two-hour assessment that we do with any runner that's interested. And uh, the first hour is a physical evaluation of your body, both your flexibility and your strength, as well as how you move. We have you do a few simple squats and lunges and things. We can tell about what, what your habits are and how your body moves, as well as things like if you have bony issues like flat feet or uh, overpronation, that kind of a thing, uh, maybe even a leg length discrepancy. So we look at that first, then we videotape you very briefly running uh, from the front, the back, the side. Then we slow that down and analyze it with you and show you, hey, look, these are the problems that you have physically as far as maybe weakness or stiffness. These are the issues that you have with your running gait that are making you less than optimally efficient. And then the second hour, we take you and we show you corrective exercises that will help fix as much as possible with the, the physical issues. And then we actually take you out and run with you. And the, the RunFit trainers will, they're all physical therapists. So they're, they're doctors of physical therapy that are specially trained in running gait analysis. And we will take you out and we'll run with you and show you basically how to change the way you're running. We actually demonstrate the drills for you on the run. And it's not real hard. I think that's probably the most, the thing you, you've already said, you know, this kind of scares me or I'm a little bit fearful. And, you know, it's not going to be like we're going to take you on a 10-mile run. 
It's going to be. It's going to be. <laughs> you very, better not, Mike, because I wouldn't get very far. <laughs> okay. No, it's it's very stop and go, stop and go. We demonstrate something, you demonstrate it back, and we watch you and correct you. And it's you know short little stints, but I've rarely ever had anybody leave that that second hour without going. Oh my gosh, I can't believe how different this feels from the way I was running when I got here. I totally get it now. You know, and that's a nice thing to hear. And it's not unusual either for people who come in with knee pain or foot pain to, to when we modify their gait, they, they leave going, you know, I can usually feel my knees hurting immediately when I run. And just by making these changes, it doesn't hurt anymore. I can run and my knees feel fine. All right. That sounds like something to strive for with your stride. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Mike Turner from Orthosport. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the upcoming clinics that are available for folks who want to know more and maybe have a goal of doing a marathon or just increasing their running distance and figuring out ways to keep their body healthy while they're trying to enjoy running as their favorite sport. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Mike Turner. He is a physical therapy expert, and we are talking today about how everybody could be a runner. You think you can't. You think maybe it's difficult or it causes your body harm. But in fact, there may be some key things that you could do that would help you so that when you do these activities, you are strengthening your body. You're not just wearing it down or potentially even causing an injury. Now, before the break, we were talking about this great run-fit assessment. This is where you could get really a personalized two-hour type of evaluation of your ability to run, what you're doing that's good, what you're doing that might need to be modified, and ways you can keep your body safe. So for those folks who say, I'm a little interested, I'd like to know more, there's another opportunity for them. There is an opportunity in the orthosport at Neo Valley that you run these clinics that are prior to the marathon to really help people who have as a goal, not just the marathon, but improving their running overall. What sort of things might people learn from this? Well, every year we, we have three clinics in the lead up to the marathon. The marathon's coming up in, uh, in December. And so, you know, we're at the end of October here, we're going to have our first uh, clinic, and it's going to be on the essentials of running, of good running form, proper running form, and how specifically knee pain might be impacted by that. The second clinic will be in, uh, in November, and it'll be on the topic of footwear and flexibility. And the final clinic will be on uh, the topic of running specific injuries and the types of exercises that you might work into your weekly routine to try and minimize the chances that you'll end up with one of those injuries. Um, the, the first clinic is on the 26th. It's a Saturday. All of them are on Saturdays. And we basically start them up around 1 o'clock when the, when the medical gym closes, and we go from about 1 to 3. And uh, anybody that's interested in participating in that, really, it, it's free to the public. They last about an hour and a half to two hours. And uh, you leave with a lot of actionable stuff, things that you can actually do immediately in your weekly routine that's going to be helpful, um, as well as things like information about what type of shoes you might want to buy. 
But uh, if, if you're interested in attending, all you need to do is email us and uh, with the subject line, uh, run, I want to come. Run fit. Run clinic. Just put run fit in the, in the subject line. But it's medical gym at orthosport.com. And uh, just let us know how many of you are coming. And we just got to make sure we don't overfill the space. Yeah. So how important is it to wear the right pairs of shoes? I mean, I often wonder, there are some stories you hear and you have to replace your shoes every six months or so, depending <clears throat> on your duration and how intense your running is and how much you do, and that you shouldn't get shoes that are like five years old because they might not have still the level of flexibility that you might need. You know, my tendency is if I find a pair of shoes that I like, I buy like four or five pairs and stock them up for later because invariably they're going to stop selling my favorite style at some point and I'm going to be happy I have extras. But that's the absolute opposite of what you should do. Well, you know, there's there's a tremendous amount of research on footwear uh, with regard to running as well as walking and the predilection or predisposition for injury. Uh, based on the type of shoe you're wearing when you're participating, particularly in a high-impact running-type sport. Um, and, you know, we had a lot of these these ideas um, in years gone by about trying to get the, the shoe that's ideal to complement your foot. Like if you've got a real high arch or if you've got a real low arch, if you're overpronating or if you're a supinator, all these kinds of things. And, you know, I, yeah, it's kind of ironic that with all this... Uh, thought that went into coming up with these ideas, these models for, for how you should pick the perfect shoe for you, we have actually shown quite conclusively that uh, you can't predict what's going to be the best shoe for you based purely on your foot structure and the way that it looks. You, you, you can't take a person and say, oh, you got real high arches, you need this shoe. Uh, that's not going to necessarily be the best way for you to prevent injury. In fact, what we have found, and it's it's you know, sometimes um, physical therapists, they, they say that we're the highest paid purveyors of common sense. Um, but <laughs> what the studies have shown is that they call it the comfort paradigm, that basically whatever shoes you are most comfortable in that feel the best when you put them on and walk around, that's the shoe that's going to be best for you to be least likely to injure yourself. And I'm talking about shoes like the Army. The military has done a tremendous amount of research on this because you can imagine the number of issues that, you know, having the wrong, wrong boots on your feet, wrong shoes on your feet when you're, you know, carrying a rucksack and going real, real long distance. Uh, the, the, the cost to the, to the military machine is huge when people start being put out of commission because their, their feet are bad from injuries, stress fractures, that kind of a thing. And they've, so they've done a lot of looking into it. And, you know, it's not about the cushion. It's not about the arch support. It's not about the pronation soup. Absolutely. It's, it's how do they feel on your feet? Are they comfortable? So if they feel good, they may be the best pair of shoes for you. In this, and in this, at this time, that's, that's the best pair of shoes. Now that's not to say they don't wear out. Um, but I have had a lot of folks that say that, you know, they, they run them a lot longer than they otherwise have been told they should. Because they feel good on their feet. The, the, the moment that they stop feeling good, that's when it's time to get a new pair of shoes. Not just because you've done X number of miles in them or because they're looking kind of beat up. It's, it's by how they feel. Now, I always think to myself, what if they feel <clears throat> good because you've, quote, broken them in and you don't realize that if you put on a new pair of shoes, they would actually feel better? Well, there's no, no harm in, in starting to break in another pair. In fact... I think that's one of the things that people run into that causes a lot of problems is that they basically go from one shoe to another spontaneously overnight. And with anybody, particularly when we're working with with runners that are doing real high mileage 
we're going to tell them to have their next pair of shoes already on hand and to start breaking them in every third run. So that that'll help them. Yeah, for a month or so. The body always does best with gradual change, always, whether it's a gradual change in your style of running, a gradual change in your intensity of your workout routine, a gradual change in the amount of support your shoes offer. So if you're going to take a standard stable running shoe person and maybe after we look at you and we evaluate your style of running and your body and all that, we say, you know, you probably would do better with a more minimalist type of running shoe, a little bit less support that allows your body to do a little more of the work. But we're not going to take you from a super structured, stable shoe and put you into a pair of five-fingered foot gloves overnight. That's going to kill you. It's going to break your feet. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we will help you kind of learn how to gradually move from one style of shoe to another if it appears that that might be beneficial for you. Um, but it's always going to be done in a gradual way. And if you do it gradually, your body will, will welcome the change in most cases. Um, and, yeah, that's just the way the body responds best. Well, and it explains a lot because a few years ago there were people who had those shoes that had sort of the rocker on the back, and they would go from <clears throat> never wearing them to wearing them all the time and actually having a lot of calf pain or leg pain or having some other troubles. And, it, you know, even the shoes, the instructions would say gradually increase the number of hours you wear these. But a lot of folks just went, oh, this is my new pair of shoes, gung-ho, Boom, yeah. wearing it all the time, and then would have consequences. So it makes a lot of sense that you would do a gradual approach. Is there any benefit to wearing shoes every other day. I mean, I've heard that before, that you don't just wear one pair and wear it out. Your shoes will last longer if you have alternates. Well, I mean, of course, they're going to last longer. You're putting less use on each pair of shoes. Um, Do they need to breathe? Do they need to recover? No, not Not really. really. No. They're just shoes. I think it's more a matter of just not waiting till they're completely dead and gone before you go get a brand new pair. (laughs) Don't wait till there's holes. (laughs) Don't wait until you can see your toe coming out with a sock. I've actually done that. That would be a little too late. That's not the best time to do it. Is there anything about getting shoes that are made within a certain time frame? Would you be okay getting shoes that are, you know, five years old? Do we have problems with the rubber getting too hard, not being flexible? Is that just another myth I've heard? That No, that's actually true. Um, you know, the longer a shoe is on the shelf, it has a certain shelf life for the, the amount of abs- shock absorption ability that, that's typical for that shoe. Uh, so if you're used to running in an, an, uh, a certain style of shoe and you're used to running in that one as a new shoe and then you get a pair that's really old, that's been out, you know, sitting on the shelf for a year and a half, two years, it's not going to have the same resiliency and, and uh, springiness that you're used to having in that shoe. So, yeah, that's true. And that would be a problem. You'd have to modify. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Mike Turner from Orthosport. And we're talking about ways that you can accommodate your body to help improve your exercise activity, particularly when it involves running. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the common things people do wrong and what they can do to fix it. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here with Dr. Mike Turner from Orthosport, and we're talking about what are ways that you can run safely and keep your body going and not injure yourself. Does it have to do with your footwear? After our last break, I'm thinking, yes, it does. You have to make sure you're wearing the right footwear, but you have to make sure you're doing the right thing. So, you know, you talked about the clinics that are up and coming at the Neo Valley location There are some common things that people do. You mentioned their stride might be a little off for their body's needs. What are some other common things that wind up resulting in injury, and how can we prevent that? That's kind of a big question. I mean, I can can detail for you the things that people most commonly do wrong as to how to fix it. That's hard to explain over the radio, quite frankly. It's It's uh, more of the personalized, here's what you can do for your body. Well, no, it's just that you have to see it. You have mm. to you have to see on a video. Oh, look what my hip is doing here when I stand when I, when I hit this part of the gate. You know the things that people typically do wrong. Overstriding is is a huge one. They reach too far out in front of themselves with their foot. The second one is uh, what we call a crossover gait, where they basically have too narrow of a stride, and that their feet are landing almost like they're running on a tightrope. Um, and th- those two, by and large, are the biggest, I'd say about 80% of running injuries are going to be related to one of those two. Um, we also have uh, issues with lack of strength and stability in the muscles that support your hips. Uh, we call it a pelvic drop, and that is, that's another issue that we can very easily address, but it's kind of hard to pick up unless you've got uh, slow motion and stop frame ability to see what's going on. Um, and then uh, lastly, the, the, a really, really common one is a vertical bounding or excessive. We call it excessive vertical drop. It means that you're going up and down too much. Um, you know, we, we only like about two inches or less of, of vertical oscillation when you, when you run. If you're, if you're going more than two inches high and then having to drop back down, you know, what goes up must come down. And the higher it goes up, the farther and harder it's going to come down. So it's, it's again, it's wasted energy and, and a little more wear and tear on the body. What are the common joints that get affected by running and having some of these issues with maybe not doing it in the best way you could? Well, the knee is by far and away the biggest uh, problem area. Forty percent of all running-related injuries are are knee-related. The foot and ankle comes in second. After that, the hip and the low back are going to be involved. Can someone with knee arthritis still run? You know, I would say that if you came to me as a physical therapist and said, you know, I'm not a runner, I've never been a runner, and I've got pain in my knees from arthritis, my doctor said come to physical therapy, I'm not going to pull running off the shelf and go, oh, here, this is what you need to do for your knee. You know, you're going to need to start with building some strength and foundation and, and figuring out how to make your knee feel better given that you already have the arthritis. Uh, having said that, I wouldn't take it off the table, and I wouldn't say you're never going to be able to run. Um, you know, some of the other huge factors that that play into am I at risk of injury with running are going to be uh, body weight. Honestly, your your BMI. If if you're uh, uh, too heavy, then you need to lose some weight on your way to becoming a runner, and you'll be much less prone to having a running-related injury. Uh, mileage. Uh, is There's a kind of a magic line at about 25 miles per week. Running more than 25 miles a week, your injury, for your in- incidence for injury goes up quite considerably. Um, you know, 25 to 35 is sort of the, the, the zone that most people like to hover in. And, and you certainly can do that, but uh, beyond 35, it just goes higher and higher and higher chances of injury. Um, so those are the, the main things that we look at. 
Now, is it something common where people may get some hip arthritis or some troubles in, you mentioned the ankles and other joints. Are those areas where you can also have some of that same wear and tear? Oh, absolutely. Arthritis is pretty much, I would say arthritis is number one, the basically wearing out the cartilage of your joints. And then as far as moving up into the low back, you've got disc degeneration or, or lumbar. There's a lot of different words for it, but degenerative disc disease, um, you know, lumbar spondylosis, these types of things. And uh, But, you know, the thing is that if you start running and in a re- reasonable amount and, and, and with good understanding of how to do it correctly, just as you do, would with any other sport, you know, pick up a golf club and just go, go golfing. No, you, nobody does that. You go and you take a few lessons and you learn how to hold the club and you learn how to stand right. And you know, it's, it's no different than any other sport like that. You need a little coaching to go a long way and stop you from ending up making some really bad habits right out of the gate. But uh, we know that basically the more a person runs, uh, correctly. Uh, and the, how do I know if I'm running correctly? Well, initially, you're going to find that if it hurts, it's wrong. So that, that should be your, If there's pain involved, just stop. If your yeah. shoes hurt, don't wear those. If you're doing, if you're running, if your knee hurts, and your knees hurt <laughs> you or bother to, you, you're doing you it need, wrong. You're doing it wrong, exactly. So once you get that squared away, then there have been studies on huge numbers of people. I mean, you know, looking over eight years at over 2,600 people, showing that the more they ran, the thicker their cartilage actually was in the knees. So, you know, being a runner could actually, you could almost think of it the reverse of what the common myth is and misconception is that running could actually preserve your cartilage. And it, they've even looked at the, the, the thickness of the discs in your back, hydration of those discs, and uh, it's more well-preserved in runners than it is in non-runners. There's a lot of other benefits too. Sleep enhanced, uh, stress management, you know, brain fit we talked about last time, but the fitness of your mental faculties, all of that improves with, with regular cardio and running certainly falls in that category. What if you have artificial joints? Does that, if you've had a knee replacement, if you've had a hip replacement, does that negate your ability to run safely from then on? I would say it's going to probably be something you'd want to be much more cautious about. I, I wouldn't jump into that as my first choice, frankly. Yeah. Maybe some of the other non-impact activities? Exactly. I would choose you know, swimming, biking, uh, anything like a, a treadmill, that kind of, or, or I'm sorry, an elliptical. That type of a thing would be safer for those folks. Is walking okay for those folks? Absolutely. And it should be Im- encouraged and pushed. Yeah, walking, the difference is impact versus non-impact. You know, that's, yeah. So if you've had a joint replacement, walking is sort of a low impact, whereas running may be higher impact. Absolutely. So whether it be hip or knee, any type of a joint, keep your body going by doing more of the walking, not necessarily embarking on a high impact activity if you can avoid it. General wisdom, yeah. I mean, if somebody comes in and they say, I got my joint replaced so that I could keep running and I've been a runner my whole life, I'm not going to tell them, no, 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 you don't run. (laughs) I mean, basically, you take each individual and you look at where they are, how they are right now. Are they they strong? Do they have good running form? And, you know, I mean, if that's a huge part of their quality of life and their contentment in life, then, yeah. You don't want to take it away. Exactly. I mean, that's probably why they got the joint replaced to begin with. On the other hand, if they weren't a runner already and they just got their hip replaced, this is not the time to take up running. Yeah. 
Maybe not the best choice. Again, <laughs> a lot of what you've said is sort of going back to common sense. There you, know, you truthfully, go. There you go. There are some basic things to keep in mind. And these are things that we might have heard myths about going in other directions, but it really does seem to streamline back to exactly what you said. Now, November 1, you're having a studio that's going to open up downtown. Yeah, we've got a, uh, a clinic that is moving into the Topa building um, right across from Aloha Tower Market Square. It's on the lobby level, and it's going to be a new physical therapy clinic and medical gym, a fitness studio, essentially. And we'll be doing our run fits out of there as well, as uh, including uh, there and Kaka'ako and uh, New Valley. And if people wanted to sign up for the free clinics, the information they could get to, they could send it at Orthosport? If they just go to orthosport.com, they'll be able to find all the information they need for how to register for those clinics. It's on, right on our landing page. Fantastic. It sounds like something that anybody who wants to run should take a look at. It's free, great information. I want to thank you for sharing your expertise with us today here on The Body Show. If you'd like to hear the show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org and follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more right here on The Body Show. See you then.